everyone, it is Saturday the 18th of March 2023 and this is your friendly neighbourhood New Game of Flame and this is the first book club episode of 2023 as well. So really excited about that. Hello Wido. Hi. Hello Diego. Good evening everyone. Today's game is A Pig's Quest and we're going to look at it with a whole team who made it, believe it or not. We are in fact joined by Antonio Savona, the coder. Hi. Aldo and Gaetano, the two musicians who have composed the score. Hello. Hello. Just for the listeners' benefit, they are together in the same room, sharing a microphone. And Morissette, or Momo, the mastermind and artist behind this incredible adventure. Hey, hi there. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. It's fantastic to be able to talk to you all. Uh, a Pig's Quest is one of the most anticipated games for C64. Um, now, usually Diego does a game introduction, but I think in this case, <clears throat> before we get into the game itself, we would like to know a bit more about how it came to be, uh, like who had the idea, what's the background story, and I, yeah, I'm happy for anyone to take the lead on this. Okay, maybe I can start and then maybe Tony can just like go on. Uh, the, okay, so I've always been like a, a big C64 fan. I got my computer, first computer in 1983. And, uh, and uh, I've never done anything really interesting with it except playing games and uh, hacking stuff. Um, and it always, so it's always been something that was on my mind. I wanted to do something. And then during the summer of, what was it, Tony? 21? Um, um, well, actually, to, uh, yeah, 2020, I think. Tw yeah, yeah, almost. 2020. I, I started playing uh, Fixit Felix Jr. Oh, yeah. And I got totally hooked on that game, and it was so good. And I was like, who did this game? So I knew the guy who did the graphics, but I didn't know the coder. And, um, and I stopped playing, and I looked him up on Facebook. And I just told Tony, hey, do you want to do a game with me? <laughs> and he said, sure. <laughs> and that that's how easy. it started, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's awesome. So, so, and, and, and I jumped back into doing pixels again because I had stopped doing Well, I had done some. Uh, over the years, but not that much. And uh, we really didn't know what we were going to do. And at that point, I was drawing a, a graphic novel for the humanoids about uh, evil pigs, a story about evil pigs. And, and yeah, yeah uh, and so, that's so, so the pigs, that, that's how I, I had the idea of drawing a funny pig. <laughs> just, <laughs> just so. <laughs> and so that's how it started. And just maybe, Tony, you can jump, jump, from, jump on from here. Yeah, that's a great summary. I mean, I would add that, um, you know, um, when you can do some kind of coding on Commodore 64, you get a lot of these um, uh, offers in a way, right? People uh, reach out to you and say, hey, I have this great idea for a game. And, you know, I always say yes to everyone because right. what happens is that uh, you say, hey, show me something. They all disappear. That, that's where they, they really disappear. You don't see, but not this guy. Uh. This guy did not disappear. <laughs> 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 he came back with, uh, with you know, what was, uh, I think was the almost you know probably half of the first level complete and the animation for uh, the main character oh so you actually did coding as no, well no no, no, no. I, I i sent i sent gifs and stuff like that you yeah know, i like sent the graphics oh i see i see yeah 
Right, I'm with you. Yeah, okay. since I mean, the graphics for um, you know for part of the first level animation was like wow. I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. And I say, look, I mean, you are for real, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> don't offer this to anyone else. I'll do anything you ask me to do. <laughs> and so, oh my god. Um, so yeah, I mean, actually, I was doing uh, something else back then. I was coding another game, and um, I froze it. You know, put it on hold uh, to just work on this one. And uh, I think when we were sure that it was really happening, um, we also involved uh, Aldo and Gaetano for the for the music and sound effects. Um, and I think they pretty much had the same reaction. Maybe you can confirm <laughs> what what did you think when uh, when you saw the graphics for the first time? Have you actually worked remotely through the whole process? Yep, yep, we did. Um, in fact, uh, I think this is the first time that we. Um, yeah, all show up in the same uh, uh, call. Definitely, I mean, yeah, just... yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've spoken, uh, and I met Aldo and Gaetano in person, right? Um, a couple of times, right? Because they're, you know, uh, in Italy. Um, but I think this is the first time we all talk in, in the same virtual room. Yes, so, uh, Morissette reached out to you, Antonio, and then, Antonio, you yeah. reached out to Aldo and Gaetano. Yeah, because we need to, um, you know, f- um, complete the team basically, and for the music. Uh, and with Aldo and Gaetano, I mean, I knew them um, from other games, uh, and we had done a lot of things oh, together. I see. I see that makes sense. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, we worked very well with them. And I said, look, you know, um, these are the people for you. <laughs> Trust me. And uh, yeah, I think they did not disappoint. Uh, sure. yeah. today. <laughs> the, the amazing thing was uh, there was instantly a sort of like a trust between everybody and uh and believe me i've done a couple of games on the amiga and oh. uh, i've always i had i've always been screwed up by people. <laughs> <laughs> Be the coder the coder or the publisher of the game or whatever and so i i i i, I, I entered with cold feet but uh but it disappeared when i first started chatting with tony and uh and um, and I knew that game was going to be complete, even when it started to grow bigger and bigger, because it wasn't supposed to be that big. It is very big. Yeah. But see, you got to trust the Italians, don't you? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Trustworthy people. You make pasta heartwarming. Yeah, it's good. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> you can't go wrong. <laughs> no, right, but you know, uh, in, indeed, I mean, it was the, the the initial idea was to make two games, right? If you if I remember correctly, and uh, what is now like the fourth and the fifth level of the of the game was supposed to be, um, you know, a new game. Now I don't want to give any spoiler here, but you find out that you, you know, there's a quite an important change in the game when you. Uh, you know, from the point of view of the character, um, that was supposed to be part two, right? And then uh, Moisette said, you know, we, we made it um, this far. Why don't we put everything together and make one huge game? And yeah, so <laughs> this caused also, um, you know, just not the delays because there was there was no deadline set, but uh, the fact that it took so long was because we wanted to really um, make it once and for all. And uh, yeah. Hence the huge size. Uh, Andy noticed something like that when I was playing it, and he said, "Oh, they could have stopped here and made the sequel from here, and uh, it just uh, go- goes on the game when 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 that that point is reached." So uh, there was a sort of divide in uh, where you think you finish the game, and then suddenly it goes on. It was also at some point it became something that we we did on purpose. Because we tried to, as much as we, um, I enjoyed 
uh, games like Ghosts and Goblins and stuff, uh, I, I always thought that there was a lack of humor in games and uh, a lack of surprises. It's always like you enter the game, you play it, and then it's finished and you got the end credits mm. and that's it. And, and that's always mm, something we yeah. had in mind when we started doing it. We were like, no, it's not over. And then there's, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's like tons of things that you, you don't usually see in a game when you finish it. So Yeah, I think what I really like about it is as well, there is an underlying storytelling of it all, which is really nice. Even um, from the beginning, you know, when you've got the ticker underneath, there's, all, there's always like a, a story that's been told. And then, I mean, again, there's a spoiler, a little, little bit of a spoiler here when, there's a balloon involved, a hot balloon, and and I think those little bits are really really nice and make the game all rounded. I think. Before we go on, I just wanted to ask to um, Aldo Angaitano, how did you uh, get to know Antonio? I know Antonio said from other games, but what was your initial? Um, how was your initial meeting? The first time you met him, what was okay, it for? Uh, I've met Antonio for the first time uh, when he was doing uh, P Zero Snake. Um, I think. Okay. Uh, Piero Yellamo put me in contact with him because he was looking for a musician for, for his game. And I had just joined uh, Atlantis. So Piero, who is the chief uh, of Atlantis, <laughs> um, told Antonio that uh, I could provide uh, music for his game. And so we started to... Um, uh, so I started. I started to make music for uh, for his game, for most of his games. That's that's really nice. Uh, and so yeah, you've you've been long term partners. Let's say one thing that surprises me is that there are two musicians, not only one, which makes the experience richer. I think in in a way, so, and it's and it, it's very odd but uh it does make the game unique how come it was two of you that made the music uh, because uh, mainly because the musics uh, were um, many i mean there were many 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 Too musics many. yes so <laughs> so i i needed help uh, also antonio knew uh, gaetano as well because uh, he he came to us he came to our, our town oh yeah yeah so you're in Trani, is that right? Yes, yes. And Gaetano um, made uh, some music f music for uh, Planet Golf ah, yeah, yeah. by Anton. Oh, yeah, so so, so we we made uh, music uh, for, 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 for other uh, Antonio's games. And so we decided to, to join forces uh, for Epic Quest as well. <laughs> it's like a bit of an Italian tradition. It's like a family thing. You know? You're like a family. You just keep, uh, you know, together. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, first time I introduced um, Aldo to me, right? It was um, I remember it was I, I was looking for someone, you know, I, I was new to the scene basically. Uh, it was my first game, uh, two thousand thirteen or fourteen. I don't remember. It was P Zero Snake, and um, so I I just wrote on a forum. I don't remember. Hey, is there anyone who can make music for me? And and you know, I was bombarded with offers because you know, just the community is so alive. Yeah. And uh, so I I chose. I didn't know any of these people, right? And uh, I chose Aldo because he had the Italian name. I said, hey, this guy is Italian, maybe. <laughs> so just let's be patriotic here. And, uh, Keep it and then the I fun. found out that, um, you know, there's two of them, basically. So <laughs> double the fun <laughs> because they are, in case you don't know, they are twin brothers. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, so he introduced me to his brother and I say, okay, so I know that, uh, um, you know, I can basically ask you 
twice as many tunes <laughs> because it's two of you. And that's what I did. So there's, I think, 36 tracks I've um, identified within the, the download. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Did you split them 50-50? Uh, mm, not really. Uh, I think less. so. More or less we split. Uh... Okay, but even if it's not 50-50, it's uh, more or less. But that's, that's good enough. And now on a more nostalgic note, I wanted to ask everyone a question. Everyone here, I don't know we do, but I think all of us have had a, a big uh, experience with the Commodore 64. So, <laughs> I'm not, but uh, I, I started with the Amiga, so uh, I, I, I'm oh, there in oh, the lineage. Well, that's fine then. So you can answer from an Amiga's perspective instead. I have a very fond memory of Commodore 64. So I grew up with a ZX Spectrum and then a Commodore 64. And I used to go uh, to my cousin, who is uh, Diego, in fact, and I used to go to his house to play Commodore 64. And I have some very fond memories of walking in the bedroom and the blind, the Italian blind, Persiana, was down and the, the sun was coming through the window. And we used to sit there and play this game. And I was going to ask you, what is your fondest memory that you have of a Commodore 64? All of you, Antonio, Aldo, Morissa, one at a time. Go ahead, Antonio. Okay, I can start. Yeah, maybe yeah, start with Antonio. With me, it was um, actually um, uh, meeting my friends. I mean, we had this um, um, huge part, you know, Commodore. Uh, playing or even programming parties so uh, we would go in turn at, at people's place so I would put my Commodore in my backpack and um, so maybe the drive a bunch of tapes and uh, or floppy disks and uh, just you know go there and spend uh, a day or two at my friends and uh, I would just have multiple Commodore 64 that's what you know maybe in the 90s people would call LAN parties uh, <laughs> except uh, there was no connection back then so we just have the the machines assembled one next to next uh, the other one and just uh, you know just play games and uh, it was very simple uh, and you know just uh, but a lot of fun and I I have you know clear memories like really vivid memories uh, of the times I, I could even um uh, like name um, like the sequence of the games that we would play. Right, I mean we would start with um, you know the the oldest. Uh, um, I think we there was um, there was this this game that we played so much. It was um, um, Mr. Robot. It's called Mr. Robot. Uh, it's a very old game from the, from the eighties, but it it comes with a construction kit, so you can design your own levels. Okay, and you will spend you know weeks and weeks uh, designing you know terribly <laughs> incredibly difficult uh, uh, screens i guess it all started from there you know, i know they say that I make difficult games right it all started from uh, <laughs> from mr robot uh, so yeah i mean it was it was a you know great way to to get together and i get to know many friends uh because of the common 64 right because you know then the friend of the friend of the friend would come and join and play and they would play you know yeah together yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah that's actually most of those friends was, are still yeah. you know friends to this day and uh even a couple of colleagues <laughs> so yeah yeah uh, nah, it's really nice yeah that, that's more or less what i have the same thing with diego like we, we used to play together and even now if we if we see each other maybe we play a game together anyways and it's still the same feeling so it's really good yeah what about you uh, morissette Momo, sorry, well, I should say it's it's about the same thing, and uh, it's it's also discovering uh, a program called Koala Painter. I don't know that one. Uh, which was which was the drawing tool, which was like the the ancestor of the Dolex Paint. Oh right, okay. <laughs> 
and uh, so and it was it was a terrible to uh, tool because <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's as was the next paint. <laughs> well, it, it that that that's that those were the dark ages of the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, so yeah. now now I'm I'm, I'm pixeling on on Photoshop, which is but that was really it. So um, because seeing the graphics, I, I've always drawn, so I, I've always wanted to do comics. And so seeing the games, I saw the graphics, but then I could, I was able to just like use my joystick and starting, start to draw on, on the computer. So that was like really like mixing the two things that were probably the most important at the time for me. So, and, uh, and, and also probably uh, the scene, you know, meeting people from uh, the hacking scene and getting involved. Uh, and uh, and it's funny because I'm still in touch and now more than ever with Facebook and all the uh, our social media and uh, even though some of these people I've only seen like once or twice in my life yeah. uh, we're still we're still friends and we're still in touch and we still you know like a like a, I, I got a, a friend's daughter who likes my stuff and I and I've never met the guy but I'm like hey I'm gonna send her my books and so she's happy and and it's it's really the scene it's like a it's 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 one of the most ex- most really interesting experience from my from my uh, uh, from my teenage years, I guess, and it's it is still there. And so it's probably why I I, I I so much love the Commodore sixty four. It's, it's, it's like a, a Commodore sixty four friend is a friend forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of it's, it's, yeah, exactly. I've never experienced a scene. I've never drawn with a with a joystick. It seems terrible because <laughs> even drawing with a mouse is terrible. Especially with the the, the sixty four limitation. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask you more about that afterwards. <laughs> Aldo and Gaetano, what's a fond memory of you two both uh, with a Commodore? Did you used to play together? Yeah, in in the beginning, we we had to share our computer, so we were forced to play together. But our joysticks uh, were often broken, so when we had just one, we had to fight. Yes, <laughs> basically fight. And I remember, I most fondly remember our first tape who came with the Commodore 64. We were just nine. We had it uh, for our first communion. And there were many classics, Montezuma's Revenge, Popeye. Mm. We loved Popeye because uh, we... I used to play Popeye. We read, yes, Falcon Patrol II. Uh, we, Popeye was uh, maybe our favorite on that day because we already knew that game uh, from our cousin. <laughs> we, we had a lot of fun seeing him playing <laughs> that game. <laughs> Yeah, I remember and so days, yeah. we enjoyed a lot uh, when we had it uh, on, our, on our Commodore 64. And then um, uh, another memory was about Seuk, uh, oh, the, the map construction Seuk. kit. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. We made a lot of games with it. Uh, we we liked uh, to grow, to draw graphics uh, mainly. Uh, we used to copy the graphics of our favorite games. Oh right, and put them in Seuk. Yeah, play- playability of our games uh, was not very high. <laughs> anyway, we enjoyed it a lot. And uh, and it was uh, the reason why we entered the scene uh, a lot of years later. Because we took part to, to some competitions, nice. silk competitions. We had a lot yeah, of yeah. fun with it. <laughs> I don't know if Aldo w- wants to add uh, anything. Yes, uh, in Italy we had uh, cassettes uh, which were sold at new at the news agents. <laughs> yeah, we go. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. 
there were uh, they, they were compilations of um, pirated pirated games, uh, hacked games, uh, translated in, in Italian, and they were very cheap. Uh, they we uh, they and we had uh, lots of them because uh, our our parents uh, bought them at uh, our, our birthdays uh, at, Christmas. Uh, at Christmas, on Christmas. So we we played a lot of games uh, with a few uh, uh, bucks, let's say. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not a thing in probably in Belgium or in, in in the Netherlands. But yeah, we spoke about this already twice, I think, on the show about um, special program and what was the other one? Uh, special play games. Play games. Play games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we were, but no, no one knew at the time. I just thought it was normal. No. Uh, I was probably don't know twelve, thirteen, or something like that. I didn't know any better. And we were all, I think, in, in that same boat. I didn't even know they, they were actually selling original games. I, I thought those were the, the things. And they just came in big collections. Yep. I have no excuse because I knew <laughs> I was a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> but did you buy them as well in Belgium? Uh, no, no, no. But I, 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 I really quickly got involved with the scene. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't remember how it started. Uh, I think I got a game and there was like a, an intro. And there was a PO box. I guess it was a dynamic duo from Germany. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote them a, a letter and I got a message back with a diskette. And that's how it started. And, and, and mostly with Germany at the beginning and with guys in Holland and the first copy parties as well. And then I got involved with the Swedes, like the guys from Fairlight. And, uh, and that's where it went really. Oh, yeah, right. I, I, I'm still part of Fairlight actually. So it's, 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 uh, it's, and that's where it got really big and crazy because the, we had we had the games before they were even released, so it, it was terrible. Oh my god! <laughs> my so, god! I, I'm quite interested. How, how do you think about it now? You released your own game. Well, I know that it will be cracked, and it's it's part of the game actually. So so I know that Fairlight won't release it. That's for sure. But I guess Genesis Project will. So I, I will probably one of these guys. But uh, but at the same time, and not to brag about our game or anything, but it's it's. I really do think now looking back that it's really a great game, not because I was involved in it, but the the, the way people see it and the scene has changed. Uh, there's probably more respect now because it's not about big companies uh, selling games. It's more about like small groups, like our group doing games. And uh, and so there's maybe more respect. And, I, and even myself, I'm buying games now. Which I never mm. did before. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, so yeah, I guess I bought the Hobbit. That that game I bought from Melbourne. Uh, I bought it on cassette, but it, it was so terrible because there were no fast loads or anything. So. Uh, I'm even tempted so, so, to buy your yeah. uh, game physically. Even I, I don't even have a Commodore 64, <laughs> but I just want that box and that uh, manual physically. It looks and the manual. Yeah, that's why yeah. we have the manual. <laughs> And the CD and the <laughs> Is music. it still for sale, the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the physical yeah. edition? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. You can have so. it. No excuses. Get the money Show out. The get money. the money out. <laughs> we got a copy, in fact, two copies. Uh, one from Bonner79, who actually bought it and just to donate it to the show. So massive shout-outs to him and his kindness. And another copy from ProtoVision, um, which... Um, it was really, really nice of them to, to give us, really. So a massive shout-out to both of them for making this possible. And it's definitely worth I think I would get the, the, the cartridge version. I no, think just the cartridge. version, is it? Just the cartridge. 
Yeah, yeah, which is best because I could not stand loading that I game. Assume, How would you ever load like, that game? Not I'm exist uh, outside of the cartridge. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think we should get started with the actual game, and I'll let Diego go for for the you know the, the usual summary if that's okay. All right, okay. I think my summary is going to be very small because mm, I'm not going to give any spoilers about anything unless you guys want to do it, but uh, let's try to keep that to a minimum. And I think that the core of uh, a pig's quest is very simple. It's essentially a classic platform game with uh, lots of jumping, shooting, climbing ladders, avoiding monsters, finding items. So you got the whole classic experience of a proper platform game on the Commodore 64 with if I may add, quite a lot of variety in the screens, the enemies. There's a different mechanics sprinkled here and there throughout the game. Uh, lovely soundtrack, of course. We've already talked about that a bit. And so that's the core of the game. Really, it doesn't sound like something completely novel, but... Uh, you gotta see it, and I think as soon as you see it, you will immediately understand why this game has caught us our attention and will, of course, be very popular very soon. Because, well, if I may already uh, get to the point of opinions here, I think this is this looks like a game that if it was released back in the day, it could have easily blown away every other game of that kind in level of quality of graphics sound playability we'll talk about the challenging aspects of the game of course and we have different opinions of that usually so <laughs> we have plenty of room to argue tonight <laughs> yeah so we do uh, and i uh, well we do actually played it on live on stream i uh, don't know if you listeners have been uh, watching but uh, um I would like to ask him first of all how how did you find it you know um you, you played through the first levels i remember your comments were like, oh, so hard so hard and at the beginning but then you saw what well, you learn and it's doable so maybe if you can expand a bit more on that that'd be great. yeah um initially you think it's a super hard game but i i like to add it's not only a platformer i think it's also a, a, it has elements of a point and click adventure game where you have to find out uh, how to play the game. There's sort of puzzle elements in there. So you have to find certain items and then and, and find ways how to progress in the game. And uh, if you learn that, then the game is actually quite doable. But it, it takes a long time before you uh, find out how to play it. And that's, that's quite interesting very unique in uh, I've never seen that in any other game honestly and um, yeah so the difficulty initially you think wow this game is bloody hard and uh, maybe even annoying with all the respawns uh, of all the enemies and uh, but but if you learn it and you learn where to go and what to where where the items are and what where the keys are and what's in the the chest everywhere around and in what order you have to do stuff then suddenly it's really doable. And I think I can just play through the whole game now without uh, dying. Uh, I, I only 
until the point where I died. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I died on the last level. Uh, on, on the ver- yeah, I I thought I was almost done, but uh, I heard I had uh, quite a way to go still. So uh, I have to see a lot of more of the game, but uh, I, I definitely will. And I think the the challenge is fair. It's uh, if if you learn it, it's fair. Okay, so Diego, what what are your thoughts? So let's get a bit more into. So we we explore the mechanics a little bit. So it's a it's like a platformer, and uh, yeah, you you go through different rooms, and there's different enemies that respawn, and uh, so that that's kind of the core at the core of the game. What's your take on it? Uh, well, I I think that Widow is spot on with the idea of the challenges here because it's exactly not simply a game of manual skills like being quick with the joystick and with the buttons and firing. And there is a nice level of thinking in certain levels. You get to a certain point, you find a situation, try not to spoil anything here, that might lead you to think first that, all right, I'm going to go straight to this big monster and keep shooting until I kill it and then I'm done. And then you notice that's not how it's going to work. Perhaps the monster doesn't die or does something else that anyway suggests you're not just supposed to kill everything on sight. So there are many places in the game that make you stop, take a break and use your brain before you use your hands on the joystick. And then, of course, there, there are different levels of complexities. There's weapons, different weapons you can find, different armors you can find in the, in the treasure chest. So I'm not completely sure if um, these are randomized somehow. So that's a question for the designers because I'm, I'm sorry to say I'm a little bit of a latecomer in, in playing the game. I haven't played it as far as Widow has. I'm still stuck at level two. And so I haven't had time to notice exactly if things always follow the same pattern or if there is some randomization that's maybe something you can clear up for me but Uh, uh, it took me i think seven hours to get to the last level so it's it's not (laughs) if you you it it takes a while to play this game it's uh you i also thought oh i have a whole week left to play this game and normally when you play a, a, a homebrew uh game for a, for a new system most of the time you blast through it in maybe three hours or something maximum and this is uh quite a different beast <laughs> well, I, I consider this uh, a good point of this game because i think binge playing through a new game in one evening is kind of common nowadays mm, but yeah. uh I don't see it as a, partic- as a particularly valuable game, a game that you can finish in one evening. I would like a game to keep me coming back for a while and have a sense of uh, accomplishment when I finally finish another level, for example. And uh, that's why I actually appreciate challenging games. And as you said, there's... um. There's a learning curve to this game. So sometimes you get stuck and you keep dying and then you just have to think a little bit. And perhaps once you figure out the whole room or screen becomes doable like easily 
so to speak. Um, which brings me maybe to a question again to Antonio, mainly, uh, did you plan the learning curve carefully? Did you really want to achieve uh, a particular effect on the gameplay, how it evolves in every time someone plays the game? Yeah, I mean, um, it might not seem uh, immediately uh, true, but uh, we spent so much tuning the difficulty curve. Um, you know, uh, it was, let's say, it was harder <laughs> before. Oh, my God. Uh, it was even harder. Um, because, you know, we became so good at playing it. I mean, I did. I mean, I can, I can just, you know, just fast forward through it in um, an hour and a half, basically, which is the time it takes, basically, to go from level one to level five uh, with a single life, you know, and, um, and just complete it, right? So that's why we extended then um, the testing uh, um, committee in a way to to a larger number of people, and they all say, "Well, it's too <laughs> difficult, right?" And so, okay, let's, we started to tune it down, right? But by the time uh, I implemented all the changes that they suggested, they kept playing it, and they came back to me and say, "Well, actually, no, now it's too easy, right?" So, you know, <laughs> and so I had to tune it, you know, back and make it a bit more difficult, and then it went to the reviewers. Um, you know, we sent uh, advanced copies to, um, you know, Zap and a few other people. And they were like, uh, oh, my God, it's so hard. It's so hard. So, I, again, so back to the drawing table and, uh, you know, make it easier. <laughs> then they come back again and say, well, actually, no, wait wait a minute. Because, you know, as you said, uh, <laughs> you know, they, you, they spend more time playing it and they figured out how it works. And maybe uh, these people, I mean, all of us, right, we are so used um, to modern games that you just finish in an afternoon and uh, you learn all the mechanics uh, very quickly. But this game is a bit larger than the average modern game in a way, right? So uh, by the time you um, complete it or just you move you know, farther ahead and you become you know, good at it, so everything becomes easier, right? So you understand that uh, maybe it was not so hard <laughs> in first place. And this kind of feedback that you just gave me, actually, it's perfectly in sync with what we have experienced with the other reviewers uh, and the other testers that tested it. And I guess, you know, my the bottom line and something also I was telling uh, to Morris that, um, you know, a few, few evenings ago, uh, I was like, look, you know, it took two years for us to <laughs> complete it, right? Can you please play, you know, maybe longer than it, an afternoon? Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's another way of seeing it, right? So, no, but yeah, I mean, it's good that people uh, keep going at it. Um, you know, they're not scared by the initial apparent difficulty and they keep going at it. And then, uh, I mean, I'm sure that all of you now, if you play the first level, um, so, you know, you probably fly through it and, uh, you know, uh, with ease, right? Because, because, you know, it becomes so easy once you learn uh, the fundamental mechanics of the game. So the way it works. And, um, yeah, I mean, we also wanted to add some replay value. So we added the different difficulty levels. So, you know, you complete it. Now you see the end. Uh, maybe you want to give it a go on hard mode, right? So um, so maybe that's another uh, yeah. possibility. So, yeah, we, we want to, you know, this game, um, you know, we also charge money for it, right? So, uh, <laughs> so we want you to get, uh, you know, this, your money's worth. Yeah, and in a sense, it, in a sense, it, it the game feels like Castlevania or Ghouls and Ghosts, for example, where you 
also it's also only have like five or six levels and you also spend a lifetime to to <laughs> master that game and finish it right. is that also some of your inspiration where where is, is the inspiration of the gameplay coming from because what i said it's also sort of unique game for for me I, i've never experienced something like this um i mean maybe morissette can then uh, uh, um also uh, say his point of view but uh, from what from my part i think i'm i look back at uh, you know the masters uh, of the of the 80s uh, i look at um, i don't know jeff minter these people that always say, used to say get the controls right so People might complain the game is too difficult, the game is too hard. There are even some crazy guys who don't like the graphics. I mean, I don't know. They're probably, I don't know <laughs> what's going on with them. So you get all kind of uh, feedback, but no one will say the game does not control well, right? And because that's really where we invested uh, um, a lot of time. Because, you know, uh, you have to make the game fair. So if it responds well, if it, you can control, maneuver the game in a, in a good way, uh, then of course, if you die, it's your fault, basically, <laughs> and that's uh, and that's uh, my point of view. So my only inspiration, in a way, is that of the you know the old masters of the '80s that would encourage you to get the controls right to make the game playable. But everything else, I think, as I always uh, used to write in the interviews, it's uh, th- this game is basically more it's uh, baby. So um, <laughs> every inspiration, every <laughs> that's you know that's a question for him. <laughs> But hang on a second before you before you answer this, <laughs> have you guys Morissette and Aldo and Gaetan? Have you all finished it? Can you all breeze for it? Can you all finish it? I suck at it. The thing is, I'm more I'm more of a contemplator than a gamer. <laughs> it's it's you know that, that when I started playing Red Dead Redemption on the on the PS4, yeah, uh, I my girlfriend at the time was like, "Are you really playing or are you just wandering around?" Yeah, and I was just wandering around, trying to find the little things and not taking, not really caring about the quests or anything. So, uh, so that's probably mainly my mo- my my biggest inspiration for the game is to make it interesting to look at. It's, yeah. it's 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 uh and also make it more the, the, the most diverse possible uh now when it comes to design and and the increasing difficulty curve the learning curve um to be perfectly honest it's something that really came uh in a natural way we we thought of it i mean we discussed it uh antonio and i but but when I when I started designing the levels it's it's it just came as an obvious thing you know you have to start simple so you don't get like frustrated at the beginning and you just like throw the joystick against the wall and you just don't play it anymore. So, so like it's, me, yeah, someone still does, but uh, so, and, 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 and also because probably when we started, we, we started small. And so, sure. you know, I, I, I knew, you know, playing again, going back to fix it, Felix, um, uh, and and Antonio just said it. It's it's really a question of control because I played so many, I tried so many um, recent retro games, and the controls are bad, or the gravity doesn't doesn't work, or there's like you go right and it doesn't respond because it doesn't go right and you die, and and that's something that that wasn't there with Fixit Felix. Fixit Felix was just perfect. It was like a game from the eighties. And 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 that's why that's why I contacted him, and and that's that's probably also why um, a big quest is 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 a great game because it 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 responds it responds well. 
Uh, the rest is really, I mean, I, I, to be perfectly honest, it's like when I write a story for a comic book. I don't know where it comes from. It's just there, and and I had things up in my mind, and uh, and I go to bed, and I I see it as a small movie in my head, and I'm like, okay, let's have a spider. I'm not going to spoil anything with the spider, but yeah. so let's add a room with a big spider, and how can we just use a spider, uh, not making it just like another big enemy to kill? Yeah, yeah, mm. and, I'm gonna spoil so, that so, later. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Uh, how how did did you uh, design the levels? Is that just Every every room you you think of a new concept and you stitch it together afterwards, or I, I see it sort it of like map. a storybook. So I designed it as a big map and uh, like a, like like actually I asked Antonio how many rooms we could have we could have by level, and so I went from there. And uh, but it's it's really me being a storyteller more than anything else because of my my everyday job i'm a comic mm. i'm a comic book artist so, so yeah you can the... see them as uh, as comic panels maybe yeah every, yeah it's, every, it's a story every room is a, is, a, is a comic panel it's 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 also what i like about some of the nintendo games is that you really care for the characters and you you instead of just like it's like let's let's take a game like commando Commando is fun, but I mean, you don't even know the, the name the name of the guy you're playing. Mm, <laughs> so, so and 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 it can be fun as well because my favorite games are games like Dig Duck or uh, like oh, really yeah. really simple games like Bubble and Bubble Bubble. I know the dragons have names, but I don't even know their names. So, but uh, but for me, it was really more like an experience. Uh, so it was like really paying tribute to the old eight bits scene, but keeping in mind some of the, the great ideas from the new indie games from the from the new platforms like the switch or, or things like that so uh, but again I'm not a big I actually uh, since I started working on Pickquest I started playing again more than I ever did before mm. because it because I, I suddenly got involved into the game thing and and I and I started discovering games that were really interesting and 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 uh really different from what i knew when i when i started playing so that's can, probably can you name a few um the one i'm playing now on the switch is a game called endlink uh extinction is forever and uh, and you play you play a fox and you just give birth to four little foxes and you have to care for them and see them grow and feed them and it all takes place in a sort of like a post apocalyptic thing where you have to go through uh, f- woods in fire and uh, and like really piles of crabs and everything and uh, and it's and it's it's really more it's not a game it's an experience because mm. you know the the, the the little the little animals are hungry and you have to feed them and one of them is taken away and you have to find him back and and so that's that kind of game is like you spend four or six hours and you don't even see the time go, going by. Because you're like it's it's fully immersion, immersion, and that's that's probably what I was looking for with what we were looking for with Big Quest as well. It's it instead of just like I'm gonna play a game and I'm gonna, just gonna have fun for an hour or two. It's 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 to be perfectly honest, I I have difficulties um, letting Big Quest go. I I even have the idea <laughs> of and 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 that's like a uh, some sequel news. I, I, sequel. No, I want to do a comic book about it. Oh yeah, oh, that would yes. be great. It's 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 really something because 
you know when we started giving names to the characters and yeah, we started Frank, playing yeah, yeah Frank Furter yeah. and stuff Por- like that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and suddenly <laughs> suddenly I, I, I started drawing them more uh, more cartoony and uh, and they existed and I was sending those to Antonio and he was like, Oh keep those, keep those. I want some of these, I want some of these. No. <laughs> and so uh, we we've lived with the characters. I mean not to get too sentimental or anything, but we lived with the characters for three years and, and uh and I really have difficulties letting them go. So that's also a part of the the what the game sold. Why why I was sold to the game that the the nice comic art, uh, like the, the the nice banner, the 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 drawn the drawn uh, okay. images. They they looked great, and I thought, oh, this is something with character. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. No, I had to keep up with the other guys as well because I mean, listen to the music and. I mean, see that guy coding. I mean, you, you know, it was know. really like challenging. We were each, without telling each other, I guess we were each challenging each other's in some way. It's so. what it's what makes the product better, isn't it? You yeah. Know, if you if you do that, I just wanted to say my piece before we go further into all these questions, and I've got quite a few as well. But I just want to say how I experienced the game. When I first saw Pig's Quest, I thought it was just another platform, which, you know, don't get me wrong, I was going to look into it. It was only later on, by looking at screenshots and GIFs that you guys you guys posted on different um, platforms and media, that I was like, oh, okay, look, um, there's something really unique about this game. Look, all the, all the screens are different, and they're varied, and there's no repetition. Uh, oh, look, there's some more difference here, and this is another screen, yet there's some different enemies, and again, different enemies, and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, at a certain point, it was quite, quite apparent what incredible craftsmanship went into this, and I said, well, I absolutely need to, need to look at it. So, yeah, then I got my hands on it, and that's when it was really apparent that this game was really, really well made. So, as expected, it didn't have any modern design implementation as such. So, yeah, you you know, you get frustrated a lot because you, you there's respawn. So, you go out on the screen, you come back, enemies are still there. And you if you, the jump is not pixel perfect, you kind of fall down and die. So, you'd expect this game to not go very far in some respect. But, nonetheless... I got pushed to go forward and forward and what what the motor was of this extremely incredible push was the the variety of the scenery of the enemies the storytelling and i don't know the creative levels that that were one after the other the desert and all the mechanics that get introduced slowly and I was just dying to see what was next, what the story would unfold and, you know, what kind of enemies would pop up on the next level and what kind of unique monster and monster I would find to battle. I mean, and also those are so beautifully drawn and the animations, I can't, even the animations, everything is so, so fluid, like uh, the cauldron animation is so beautiful. There's so many things in it and I just wanted to see what was next. And then, of course, then there was the mechanic that... Um, Antonio was talking about before that also, you know, came into play. So I, I slowly got better at it as well. Yeah, what you say, it's like super varied. Every screen is totally different. There's a lot of enemy variation, a lot of music variation. There's every time something happening. And yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what, what you you just want to see what's next. That's, I think, no. You can't get bored. You can't get bored. If you take Mario, for example, no, the first Mario, it's just a bunch of tiles and every map is made of those tiles. And uh, this is just every screen mm. is art craftily designed. And 
that that that's makes it makes it super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I wanted to ask as well to Aldo and Gaetano. Have you finished the game? Can you finish it, both of you? Um, I managed to reach le level five in uh, one go, uh, starting from level one. Uh, to the first time. Level, level five. <laughs> no, not not on the first time, of course. <laughs> I played a lot. <laughs> I played a lot on the, on the emulators, and then I played on, on the C64, and uh, I managed to to start from level one and, and reach level five. But uh, actually, I didn't uh, finish the game because I, I found the level five too hard. It was too hard, so I, I quit. But uh, I can reach level level five uh, quite easily now. <laughs> I tested the first builds, which were more difficult. So, uh, <laughs> yes. trial by fire, yeah, yeah. But if you all know all the secrets, then it may, it's also easier. Like Antonio told me one secret when I was streaming, and then I suddenly had that great, uh, super armor at the beginning of one level, and then suddenly it was a lot easier to beat that level. So I think that's also a nice f a design thing from the past that you have to find out little secrets and you can t tell your friends and yeah that's that's also different from the hand holding you have in on in modern game design yeah totally uh gaetano what about you have you finished it no <laughs> <laughs> I, I just tried the level one and three when uh, when i was composing the music just to check if the music was in the right place and um Obviously, uh, it was not the finished version, so we also tried to find some bugs. Uh, but um, I didn't play the game from from the beginning uh, when I had the final version, so I don't know if I would be able to reach level five. I don't think so, anyway. See, it's difficult. It's difficult, yeah. Antonio. So, not as you say, it's too easy. It's very difficult. Uh, so maybe uh, more potions, more potions, please. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask you all a question. Um, you're all gamers, I suppose. And what games do you enjoy? Morissette, if you want to uh, answer first, and then I'll ask the other people. I recently, uh, I'm a late comer to, to, uh, to the Switch, because I just bought my a Switch oh, same here. About, two, about two months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. <laughs> and so, and so uh, I always like the, uh, uh, the Zelda games. Yeah. On, on every system, so I, I kind of followed all these. Uh, but it's mostly a question of time these days. Uh, yes, uh, of course. It's it's so uh, uh, yeah. My 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 job takes takes a lot of time. So it's but I I I, I must admit that I'm uh, I I switched from the uh, no point <laughs> 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 uh, from from the from the Commodore sixty four to the Amiga, and then I went on. A, then I had like a sort of a break and I went to the PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4. And, uh, and I got bored because those, those machine, the PlayStation are not for me because the kind of games that you can find, I mean, the, the mainstream games that you can, you can play on this, uh, were not for me. So that's, that's how I got a little bit out of the thing. But, but then I, 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 I I was still playing on the Game Boy Advanced though. Oh yes. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, which is like an amazing machine. And uh, but now with the switch, uh, I mean, and all the, the 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 indie games that you can find, it's and and the creativity that's and and the it's it's amazing. It's it's uh, 
but the main the, the, the big games I'm playing is still are still Zelda and some of the the, the Mario games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Antonio? Well, I'm afraid I will disappoint you. I, I'm not that much of a, <laughs> of a gamer. gamer for for modern games. Uh, mm. At least I played a lot of uh, you know old games, and uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm purely a retro gamer um, to this day. Um, I feel like I'm missing on something because you know I can see my friends having a lot of fun with um, you know you, you mentioned the Red Dead Redemption. Uh, yeah. Although that one may, might be retro <laughs> by now <laughs> as well, but you know. <laughs> Well, these games here, um, and they oh, really... Cool. Oh, that's you're showing something. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't yeah, show you something, but Sorry. I didn't know what it was. Show it's another account. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, um, they have a lot of fun with, this, uh, with these games, and um, yeah, I wish I could, I could actually enjoy them, but they're just incapable, really incapable of playing them. I mean, more like you know, the arcade guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, if you ask me what I'm playing now, yeah, um, I was going to ask you. Fact. <laughs> there, there's an old, <laughs> there's an old genre I actually missed there, and uh, Morissette actually um, suggested that I would start playing some RPGs. Okay. And so I'm playing Final Fantasy now, <laughs> oh. one and two, actually one and two. Um, yeah, and I'm quite liking them. But you know, that's something I'd completely uh, missed uh, back in those days. Um, yeah, so I've got myself. Uh, um, one of these, uh, what's the oh, name? Yeah. Uh, I even forgot, like uh, Ambernick. Um, Ambernick? Ambernick, yeah. And uh, yeah, just with all these ROMs on, on top, and I'm finally play all the Nintendo games that I that I missed in uh, um, in those days. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. And uh, but as Maurice had said, uh, there's not much time to to play it. And uh, I used all my free time to actually make games. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, yeah. But yeah. now that I I'm retiring, uh, I can finally enjoy some games <laughs> playing be, them myself. Cool. Yeah, you're retiring <laughs> from making games. Uh, well, Commodore games. Uh, let's say I'm slowing down because uh, this one was a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, was hard. I mean, you say it's hard to play, but it was really hard also to develop. I um, imagine. You know, it, it took a lot of time. Uh, all of us, actually. So you think more than two years, um, and uh, it was very demanding. Um, so yeah, I probably you know, uh, real life is uh, catching up, and uh, yeah, there's <laughs> not much time to do these things uh, know, anymore. So we'll still do small things are you considering to make it make a game for another platform or port this game to another platform it would be fun to have this game on switch as well yeah yeah that's yeah <laughs> did you talk to him Alain? <laughs> no <laughs> should have been a secret come on <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I said nothing. <laughs> and, and there's nothing. There's nothing really. I mean, to say no, about it. So. That's true. We, we let's say we're discussing it uh, yeah. once in a while. Every every full moon, we go like, maybe we should do like a port on the Switch or on Steam, yeah. and then we go like, exactly. maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but as he said, we are so much in love with the, what we call the pig verse now. The, the pig verse, yeah. all the characters that he has imagined and. Uh, design so yeah it's very difficult to let them go and uh, yeah the, the, the thing is the thing is I, I was at some point I was ahead uh, with the graphics on the big quest and I started doing uh, tons of pixels for other ideas and other games <laughs> we, we, we had plans and now that Antonio is retiring oh, he's, no. he's leaving me with like 
and gazillion of pixels <laughs> and love and have designed for other games and like I got I don't know how many people you know reaching to me on social media saying can we at least see the graphics so we, we know what we would have looked like and I'm like no <laughs> oh, that's very mean <laughs> I know saddest <laughs> Uh, but uh, but you know back um, you know in in the early 2000s I actually developed games for the Game Boy so it was not retro back then I was actually you know doing them professionally for uh, um, for uh, Activision back then um, so maybe now Game Boy is retro <laughs> and uh, yeah maybe that kind of knowledge is still there <laughs> maybe I can dig it out I I would love that <laughs> the Game Boy Advance as you can see all my Game Boys here <laughs> all right okay. <laughs> Aldo Gaetano, are you gamers? What do you play if you are gamers? Yes, I'm playing games. Uh, I've, I've got not much time to play games, uh, but I'm, I'm enjoying Figment uh, at the moment. And I just finished Dungeon Siege 3. I, I, replayed, I replayed the first, then uh, Aldo gave me the second and the third, <laughs> and That's I played cool. them yeah, as I used well. To play Dungeon Siege, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. And yes, I like games. I play uh, with my children, um, mostly to retro games, uh, even the Commodore 64, but they don't like the Commodore 64. They prefer games like uh, Sonic or the New Zealand Story. Rob, Stumble Guys, even Stumble <laughs> Guys, they love Stumble Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and and so on so i um, i've got very few spare time so when i when i play the commodore 64 i i enjoy playing five minute games uh, the, the old games we played when we were children <laughs> for the yeah. most and then uh, yeah. some new game uh, new games on the pc just like figment but just uh, 30 minutes uh, i know i know it's hard isn't it, nowadays yeah. yes Especially unfortunately yeah i know <laughs> Hello. And I don't play much uh, now because uh, I uh, I work in front of a PC for uh, eight nine hours, so ah, I'm yes. tired uh, in, in the evening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, I started to play Skyrim some some time ago. I oh, I played yes. a lot, and then I uh, I abandoned it. But I, I want to uh, to pick it up again soon <laughs> finish skyrim yeah i've yes. never finished that i've always started it like 15 times and never finished it gaetano finished it a few times i think yes yes i like it very much uh, and th that's why i wanted to pick it up again and uh, i used to love J japanese rpgs and like molly said i played the final fantasy i played uh, lots of episodes Four, five, uh, seven, eight, nine, and ten. I think I, I all I finished all those episodes. I also played Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger, good. Ah, that one I played too. There, there, there's a new game coming out, Sea of Stars, which is very inspired on Chrono Trigger, and I'm looking so much forward mm. to that game. So look into that. I really like Arch. RPGs as a general concept, but I really, really got hating for random encounters. Uh, there's no way I can't cope with them. They kill the flow of, of the things and also they break the storytelling, in my opinion. <laughs> I personally, they always get in my way. Even when I'm trying a new one, if it's got random encounters, they get in my way. I used to live in Japan once upon a time, in 2005 more or less. And at the time, I was working as a debugger for Wild, Am 
Arms 5, and they gave me their codes as well to skip uh, the battles or to win the battles, but still the random encounters got in the way. <laughs> and I just got on my nerves. <laughs> they just get on my nerves. Was... Have they seen Antonio before? How, how do you put up with that? I oh. will never understand. <laughs> it, it isn't respecting your no, time, no. maybe. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just there to halt you in progressing yeah. the game. Uh, but I know that if I was to design an RPG, that's one aspect that I would probably leave out of the game, unless you really wander off. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. in the game, you know, like that's that's it. To punish. But, uh, uh, if you if you really go into into a forest or into the wild, then you will be more inclined to make, I mean, random encounters. But uh, otherwise, probably. Not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a, a better game to me already. So I hate, I hate oh, it yeah. as well. See, See I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So, Diego, how did you feel about the game? All right. Well, as I as I said before, I'm a little late with playing this game, so I've only gone as far as the first two levels. But I've already I've already <laughs> mentioned that mainly I'm really glad about having a game that is actually challenging. I didn't find it extremely challenging, to be honest. I think I got quite quickly on board with them. Um, with the controls, for which I'm going to have to ask a question eventually later on. But uh, I I wasn't frustrated at all. I was a bit afraid because I've heard from the two of you at the beginning that this was really hard and, uh, oh my God, how can we make it through before, the, before we meet the guys for the podcast yeah. episode? <laughs> and I got into it uh, quite nicely, actually. So... It felt like, okay, this is no joke. This is not a game that just going to go through easily. But I, I really like overall this feeling that sometimes you have to stop and you, you have this wait a minute feeling in your, in your head that this room isn't just about what I've been doing in the past couple of rooms. This is different. And... This happens quite often. Even the theme, the graphical theme changes very often within the first two levels. So there's hardly more than three, four screens with the same theme, for example. And I, I really liked this overall. About the playability, uh, Antonio mentioned that it was very important to him and to everybody to get them controllers right so that it, it didn't feel unfair to play this game and but here i wanted to ask because usually this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine that when i try a new game i want to try it with different controllers and uh, um, in this case, I was expecting that, okay, they're telling me this is hard, so I'm going to try it first on the real Commodore, and then maybe with, with at least a small range of different controllers. And then maybe I'm going to, if I can, try an emulator and use controllers that aren't even supposed to be used, like a gamepad or something like that. But I started with the very traditional Competition Pro, joystick that's maybe one of the most common in all the gaming community and uh, i it works so well i just stick with it worked perfectly for me but my question is well 
did you envision this game to be played with basic controllers? Did you have something specific in mind or what would you prefer to use to play it yourself? Uh, great question there. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, we make games from Commodore 64 and we, when we <laughs> sit down and, uh, designed game uh, we feel like we are back in the 80s right <laughs> and this comes with all the pros and cons or a difficulty curve i mean you would i mean this what this game would have not been difficult by 80s no, standard no. <laughs> I mean, something you know we're talking about you know just a time where we'll play what was the game over uh dominator this game i mean try them and then <laughs> then you tell me if the, this yeah. game is difficult so um it's designed for the controls the controllers of uh, of the 80s. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, to answer your question, um, uh, Competition Pro definitely is the way to play this game. Uh, that said, uh, um, we try to be, I mean, not so, you know, that much of a Taliban uh, this day. <laughs> so we also open up to other type of controllers. And uh, this game has support for the second button. Uh, so you know, not not many people know, but Commodore 64 support two uh, five buttons, right? And the uh, second button uh, was introduced with the um, Commodore 64 GS, which is the the terrible console that uh, Commodore released in the in the early 90s. Um, so there's support for the second button. So if you play with a joypad uh, with an emulator, maybe, or even if you have one of the cheetah controllers from the early 90s with two buttons that are that, that are not mapped to the same button, though, but they are actually different uh, uh, different buttons. Um, you can jump with the second button and fire with the first one, which makes the game way, you know, way more easy when you're playing with, with a joypad, for instance, right? So you have support for the second button. Um, yeah, so th that's actually how I'm playing it these days because I ended up installing it on this Ambernic that I mentioned before, and I play it on the go. So I was flying the other uh, um, the other week, and I ran to the first four level uh, um, during a flight uh, from uh, from uh, from London to Zurich. So it was one hour and fifteen minutes, and uh, that's that's what it took me to play from level one to uh, level five, and uh, mm. then I died. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but you know, not so bad for uh, something I was you know for a device that I was using for the first time. So yeah, it's um, you know it it's it has to work on the Commodore 64. That's our rule of thumb. So we make games for the Commodore 64, um, and it just really requires a Commodore 64 and with a cartridge. Um, so we don't even need um, a disk drive or a tape driver. So just the bread bin. Uh, but that said, you can also enjoy it on a number of different platforms. And the Switch soon. <laughs> <laughs> and the Switch. Well, if you if you jailbreak it and uh, uh -huh. put an emulator, <laughs> you can already do it. Not the answer. Hugo, do you have any other questions? Uh, sure. Um, well, uh, again, I'm trying not to spoil anything here, but a question for Morissette. Um, well, I, immediately when I when I started to encounter the first few enemies, the uh, green pigs, I was wondering if these were just orc pigs inspired, or if there was um, a hint of Angry Birds there. <laughs> I don't know, but I wanted to ask if you had some any inspiration on some particular character without telling us what these characters are if this makes a spoiler but 
just to know if if you put some uh, hidden gems there from inspired from other games or not necessarily games there was also one monster that reminded me of early diablo at some point for instance uh, <clears throat> I, th- I think what i um what i was listening to to you guys uh the thing that came to my mind was that uh it's it's so diverse because it's probably 35 years of frustration. <laughs> it's all come out. <laughs> that I, that I, it, it all came out, you know, like 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 a, probably like a, like a therapy or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so, um, but to answer your question, uh, no, it's more like a, it started with the pig, and from there on, I was like, who's, who, what kind of enemy is he gonna is he gonna en- encounter? And uh, the main influence was probably Ghost and Goblin and and, uh, and Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, because I, I I really love those those two games. And uh, but from there on, it's it's like really me getting up in the morning, and uh, coming up with a new a new screen, a new puzzle, and uh, and finding out what kind of enemy, and just drawing and doodling, and from there on trying to pixel them the best way I can with the sixty four. Uh, restrictions so it's it's but there are a few there are a few uh, 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 not to other games like uh, there's, there's one uh, um, I don't even remember now I mean I, we made that game right <laughs> but <laughs> but it's one of the big enemy uh, did we did we keep the okay I'm gonna spoil something <laughs> did, did, did we keep the, the ghost and goblin devil or not? Or did, we, did I change? No, I changed it a little bit. You right? change it. You change it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one yeah. Of the, because, a new because surprise. At, yeah. At first, it was it was like the the the, the devil in, in in ghost and goblins, and uh, because I, I really wanted that, but then I made it I made it more funny, so sort of so and uh, and more more mine. So, but other than that, no, it's more it's really me getting up in the morning and just like connecting to to some sort of like invisible thing, and and it just pours out. And, uh, and then I see if I can animate it, if it's possible, and, uh, and, and, uh, and being really happy to show it to, uh, to Aldo Gaetano and, and Antonio and, and see their reaction, you know, on Messenger or something. So that, that, that was about it. So, so. Antonio, didn't you have uh, uh, problems with technical limitations of the C64 to bring all Momo's uh, ideas to life? Oh yes. Um, well, the way it, <laughs> yeah. So the way it started, as you said, we would basically challenge each other to, you know, to do things that had never been done before. And it was like, hey, I have this idea. I mean, but this is a huge enemy. Like, can you display it? I was like, oh sure, of course. You know, I, you know, I find a way, right? But you know, I, I didn't know anything. I mean, just, <laughs> but but then once you, I said, don't worry, don't worry, I'm gonna make it. And then you know, can you do it? Oh, of course, I, said, I will do it. Then I, I was like, do it. yes. Of course, of course. <laughs> but then I was trying to reassure him and myself that it was indeed possible, right? So we had to come up with a lot of, um, you know, technical, um, I would say innovations, but, you know, in, in a way, tricks and, uh, you know, more like demo coder stuff to animate all that kind of stuff on uh, on the screen. So, yeah, there were a lot of problems. But uh, as I was saying um, to, to what we said before, I mean, the fact that this is not so much in your face, I mean, there's a lot going on under the hood, but it's not so much in your face uh, uh, because it's functional to the gameplay, right? So we, we didn't really make it a demo. We make an actual game, right? So um, the effects are not there 
um, just to show off. Um, they're just functional uh, to, to the gameplay. And, you know, um, maybe that's just a little, a little bit of showing off, like when you have the rain, for instance, uh, that kind of effect, maybe that, that is not needed. But everything else, um, you know, it's it's because we need the, the specific uh, gameplay element there. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, work behind it to to move the graphics for instance and the, the greatest challenge is the fact that um, you've mentioned before that uh, the, the game variety right so it, it looks so uh different because uh we're not using tiles like in you mentioned super mario right super mario you get the same tile set and then you place the same blocks over and over now more set is a is an illustrator and say look i don't want to give you these constraints because you can do um, great things if I say you know, just throw what you want. So to him, uh, every level map is just a huge canvas, and he said you, you just do whatever you want, right, with this canvas. And then I find a way to display it, right. And that was the the main challenge because each level has no repetition, has no tiles, has no uh, building blocks. It's just it's just a, a big illustration. That's why it looks so. So stunning. It looks so yeah. good. Well, that and because Alain did it, of course. Uh, well, so. there's some repetition from here and there from time to time. So but you can't have, really tell. You are, no, the, no. the repetitions are there, but you, know, like, you, you can reuse a certain element, but there's not like uh, blocks. Uh, that, that That's really sure. so much more in your face, right? And then uh, um, you design the limits, right? It's not that you have like, you know, 256 blocks uh, uh, like every other game and you have to make the, the entire map with, with that, right? Because that's the concept of tiles on a Commodore 64 and that's that's how it works, right? We're like, let's not use tiles uh, and let's, you draw whatever you want, right? And uh, I, I guess it shows. But that was, uh, I would say, a bit of a headache how to actually make it work. And it's the reason why the game is, all, is only available on cartridge and you, you will never have a, like a, a disc version or or a tape even even worse but there is there a lot cut from uh, the ideas of is everything implemented i think everything is there everything is there because you know we um, you, you know just made it work uh, yeah no but um it was there's one there's one enemy we left out because we forgot about it <laughs> we just we forgot yeah <laughs> and it was a really big one i don't know if you remember it was like i don't remember really, like, probably, yes. probably six pride big and and an animated the, the with the sword and everything and then when the game was over i i just found it out it was on my hard drive and i was like oh man we forgot about <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to squeeze it in i wanted to squeeze it in but then yeah, uh, yeah, right. it was all the difficulty oh has already been tuned i would have made the game much harder because we, of course we couldn't find we couldn't find a place to to put him in because it was really too big uh, so yeah everything was everything was so every room was so busy then to add another enemy <laughs> It would have made it even more God. difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed some of these. Um, so I, I know nowadays we're all used to big enemies on the screen, but I saw um, the there's one later on with a big, big, uh, I'll spoil this, but there's a giant, I'll just say a giant enemy that rises from the ground. And I know that that wasn't an easy thing to implement because I'd never seen that before in any Commodore, in any Commodore 64s in the 80s. No big enemies like that, plus other stuff going on the screen. And I was really blown away. I don't know if a, a young public would be blown away in the same way, but for me, that I experienced the Commodore 64 in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I mean, that, that was really... That, that plus, obviously, there's a lot more. So, some of the things that you said the non-repetition of tiles I noticed. And that's that's part of all what blew me away. I thought, but look, there's a there's a wall behind here and there's all like the um, 
mattoni, um, bricks, bricks. <laughs> there's all the bricks. And uh, there's no repetition in the bricks, or maybe there is, but it's so well done that I, I can't really tell. And and then there's that spider, and that spider, that level that was like, oh, there's there's no repetition there either. And there's just a beautiful scene, and you're just working with that. And I was just blown away by that as well. So You, you know, it's a... It- it's a bit like I just played. I'm, I'm just playing right now uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like a you you play as a as a as a, as a Tyron, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And it's fully animated for like maybe thirty seconds yeah, of yeah. game. <laughs> and and that's that's what I like about a game is that you know the the designers just went that far just to have like a, an experience of like one minute or something, and that's yeah, it. yeah. And so, and the spider, yeah, it took me about a day to, to, you know, because drawing those legs with like double, double white pixels, that was like a, that gave me a really a headache, a real headache. So, but, uh, but at the same time, I mean, there's no point of reusing it. So it's, it's only there once. And that's also part of the, the, the experience sort of like the love yeah, letter. Yeah. We want, we, I don't know how many times we said it's our love letter to the Commodore 64. <laughs> But I think it yeah, really yeah, is, I so agree. I agree, uh, especially uh, on the that aspect. It was just really mind blowing. I have a question for Aldo and Gaetano. In fact, I have multiple, but uh, go slowly. Uh, try not keep you here all night. Um, so <laughs> I've listened to uh, the part of uh, the atmospheric um, in- involvement that you have is also obviously given by the music that you guys made, which is extremely difficult to make on a Commodore sixty four. Like you don't have obviously. Uh, how do you say it? Oh my God. Uh, like proper instruments. And you, you, so you have to work with the seed. That's what I'm trying to say. So you, you need to make that music work and be involving and engrossing w- with a, a chip that doesn't make the sounds yet. However, you've managed to do it. And I was really blown away by so, some of the music in it, um, especially with the boss levels or uh, the, the creepy, the creepy kind of vibes how do you compose this do you do you go directly on the SID and do it or do you have a song in mind I don't know on a keyboard or maybe an orchestral kind of thought and then you translate that to to the SID uh, we, we've got two different uh, kind of uh, abilities in composing music um, okay. for me I, I just pick my guitar and try some chords try some melodies and then uh, put uh, on the seed, or if the, the tune is difficult, I try to use a tracker. I use a, a tracker called Cycle. Then I arrange uh, the chords, the more complex chords. My my songs are very easy, just basic chords. Okay. Uh, they always they always use the same chords. <laughs> and the the most important thing I, I think is the melody. So I try to to build uh, a good melody which sounds good, which is um, orecchiabile, evocative, catchy, 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 very catchy, catchy yes, yeah. evocative, yes. And this takes a lot of time. Um, my guitar uh, helps it helps it a lot because the guitar is one of the, uh, the easiest instruments. You just play a chord and then uh, you can build a melody on it uh, without. Uh, without taking uh, mistakes, uh, without taking wrong notes. So it's quite easy. Uh, The most difficult part is uh, the inspiration. 
So we okay. We tried to follow some advice from uh, Morissette. He sent us some songs uh, he liked. Ah, that's and yes, nice. that was, uh, yes. Uh, I'd like to to have something similar, and then uh, we composed uh, our songs based on them. Um, or we just go, we just went our ways, if if needed. Anyway, I like uh, to build good melodies on the guitar and then uh, arrange them on track or on seed. Okay. So what about Aldo? My approach is a bit different because I start composing uh, with a keyboard, but on, on the PC, I use uh, the PC keyboard and uh, a, a software called Free Piano, which is a virtual keyboard. So I, I play some chords uh, uh, according to, to the situation, to the atmosphere, uh, to, to the pace of, of the gameplay, and um, I, I build a chord progression and then I, I play some melodies. Uh, I usually record uh, uh, everything uh, in uh, MIDI and then I, I edit uh, the MIDI file uh, a little bit and then I tra- trans- translate it um, to, to the seed using Goat Tracker, which is a tracker, a PC tracker uh, that mm, allows you to, to make uh, seeds for the Commodore 64. And I, I also prefer to, to write uh, catchy melodies because, uh, as Ben Degrish said, uh, that, that's Degrish. The, the most important, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most important part uh, of music, at, at least uh, computer music, video game music. Uh, if you have a catchy melody, the player can, um, can hum it while playing. Yeah, that's happened to me more than once uh, playing, obviously, uh, Pig's Quest, but other games as well. And you recognize when it's good music. You don't remember it, but then you're going around the house and you go, and you're like, okay, that's that's what, (laughs) yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you think, what what was that music? Why am I humming it? Yeah, yeah. So um, how does it work for you guys? Does Morissette give you or Antonio give give you a part of the video game so you see it and then you make a melody for it? Uh, as Gretan said, uh, sometimes uh, Morissette sent us uh, a few tunes, a few songs, and uh, okay. we we got inspiration from them. But m- m- most uh, uh, of the cases, Antonio sent us uh, some builds of the game, and we we actually played the game, or or he sent us uh, gameplay footage, so we we could see uh, the, the graphics, the, the pace of uh, of the level of the, of the particular level of the particular room. And so we we adapted the, the the song, the music to to the game. Yeah. And in 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 a few cases, I I also tried to coordinate the music with uh, with what was going on on the screen. For example, on the second level boss. If you if you play the game, <laughs> maybe you notice that the the music uh, is. Uh, tries to to coordinate itself with the with the boss with the boss movements i don't remember now the second boss i remember the first boss i remember the boss with a i can't really spoil but um the what the the boss that there's like two little two bosses that's the third one and then i remember the the (laughs) the fourth boss but i don't remember the second for some reason the second it's the one one where you died in the caves is the one in the caves oh is that the is that the second boss diablo Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. It's just a testament to what what we were saying before, wasn't it, isn't it? So you can tell that a lot of effort has been put into the the score and the effects and the music. 
And it's like it's just like it follows you around. So when you're doing something, it changes. It, it's nearly like it changes because uh, the, of the amount of the tracks, I'm guessing, as well. Uh, and then you can particularly realize this when you're actually not engaged in combat, not jumping around. You can listen to it properly and, and you notice it's I changed it's already. it's a sort of dynamic soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it does sound yes, sometimes like that. that's what we that. wanted to, uh, to, to achieve with the music. Uh, and uh, how does then that get implemented? I, this is a bit more of a technical thing. So you get, you set, you hand over the, I don't know, the tracker uh, to to Antonio, or does it does that get an assembler and then put no, in? No, no, we we sent the the files uh, uh, from the tracker. We saved the files from from the tracker and then send sent them to Antonio, who can uh, put them uh, into the code. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. So, sounds complicated. <laughs> Even that sounds complicated. It's very easy. He laughs. Laugh on Probably it's not. Very easy. <laughs> 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 well, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing because I, you know, I had to go through many phone calls with them because, you know, I, at some point I, I, you know, I kept forgetting uh, what went where. <laughs> there was like, you know, sometimes I had like uh, um, an entire segment of the game with the wrong music. I was like, <laughs> it's the, wrong the music one. is good, but, you know, it doesn't go really well, very well with the, with the action. And I was called them and say, of course you're using, I don't know, the, the high score music for, uh, for a boss fight, you know, what's going on there. And so they would, um, you know, eventually everything, uh, um, you know, went in the right place. And uh, yeah, it was, it was perfect. The, the, the good thing about uh, Aldo and Gaidan is that, as I said, they could, they can really read the game. And um, so they would, you know, as they say, they would always uh, play a bit of it uh, and uh, then, uh, you know, you know, compose the music out of what they were feeling about uh, uh, the game, right? And it, it all came into place beautifully. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Diego, have you had any other questions? Uh, well, I was going to ask pretty much the same thing from Aldo and Gaetano, but you already asked. But maybe as an extra question, I, I think, well, because... 36 different songs in a single game. That's really a lot. It's so, incredible. Uh, I wanted to ask you, it, do you all, do you purely compose music for games? Or do you also go beyond games? Do you write music for yourself? Do you play? You mentioned that, uh, Gaetano, you play the guitar and uh, maybe Aldo prefers keyboards in general, but do you bring your songwriting also somewhere else or do you just focus on games we had a band in the past <laughs> uh, i used to play the bass guitar while aldo played the guitar uh, he, he also sang in the band so we also wrote a lot of songs we also had a, a gig uh, in our town with the commodore 64 we used to play real instruments and the commodore 64 provided uh, the uh, the music, so the backing tracks. Oh, nice! Uh, so okay, <laughs> yes, we we like uh, writing songs. We I don't write the songs anymore because I don't have the time. But uh, I like to compose with the other trackers rather than sit uh, in my free time or just play my guitar, just um, learn new songs on the guitar, and so on. I also wrote music. I, I used to write uh, songs in in the past, oh, and awesome. now I'm I'm playing guitar in a band. Uh, we we play Brazilian music, <laughs> which is that's not awesome. uh, not my favorite genre, but uh, it, it's good. 
it's interesting. I'm 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 learning new things. <laughs> Wido, have you got any other questions? I have a still a couple to go. Uh, then uh, then then ask your questions because I only have uh, one final thing to say. Okay, okay. So um, my question this time is. Uh, I have memories of Commodore 64 being a bit of a swampy colored thing, and yet Big Quest doesn't look like it. Is there any specific trick that you do this? And we've noticed this on other games as well. I'm not sure if we're actually picking up something that's not there, or is it actually there? Can you actually change the colors the, the, the Commodore 64 displays? Um, well, there are a couple of tricks to uh, to. Uh provide the illusion of having more colors that is um, basically flashing two colors uh, on alternate frames uh, and so create oh, somehow some color in the middle I'm not using that one here so let's say you can <laughs> okay. go in two ways you can go in two ways so like um, uh, temporal or spatial temporal is where you have you use time to quickly uh, uh, switch between two colors and that's a trick that's always been used by demo coder mostly uh, it doesn't look that that uh, good in games, I think, because you you know it blurs a bit the the image, and there's there's the classic dithering, uh, which is um, basically having more colors uh, uh, next to each other, and that gives you the illusion, especially on CRT screens, uh, where there's oh, a yes, bit of blurring right. added. Right now, the way the reason why it looks a bit different is that usually uh, the Commodore 64 has that 16 colors palette, uh, but a lot of limitations. Uh, on which color you can display. So all the games look a bit the same because you're always using the same colors uh, and uh, you can't use more than, uh, well, there are so many um, co complex limitations. Maybe I want to make this call, <laughs> this call too boring. But usually <laughs> you, have like two, uh, you have like three fixed colors for the entire screen, screen and then you can change one color for every uh, character on screen. So every block of eight by eight pixels, right? And that's about it. So you see always the same colors, basically, to cut a long story short, right? Uh, but when we when you use bitmap uh, mode, which is what we use for PeakQuest, you can use more colors from that palette uh, in the same uh, uh, block. So you have more variety. And you, you can use more colors next to each other, and that gives you the illusion of having uh, new uh, shades, right? So new, new colors. Uh, but it's not edge. So it just looks different because you're used to playing non-bitmap games, but card-based games, um, you know, for, for many years. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden you get a bitmap uh, game and it, it just looks different. But uh, it does, it the does, palette yeah. uh, is always the same, 16 uh, colors. We just use all of them together in a single screen. And that uh, makes it way more colorful. Wow, that, that's, that's so cool that you've got all these tricks that you can use. Uh, I didn't know there were so many. Well, uh, thanks for answering that. Uh, I have another question now from Morissette this time. How's the creative process of putting all these levels together? I mean, there's quite a lot of variety there. There's uh, um, caves, the desert, the castle. Is this uh, like an inspiration? So I want to do a castle, oh, I'll do a castle. Or, uh, or is it just a, a thought out process? Oh, I'm going to do this because of the story and all. There's a, there's a mix of both, I guess. There's, when you do a sort of a medieval fantasy, which Bequest is, uh, you have the, the thing that have to be in there, like dungeons, caves, stuff mm. like that Bats. but uh but it's mostly uh, again it's mostly me getting up in the morning and going like <laughs> okay we go for a desert now and uh the but desert, but it's yeah. but it's a bit more further than that so um 
when we started, I was like, okay, there's going to be a village and then there's going to be caves. Uh, but then it, when we were a couple of months in the game, I started to really think about the story itself and how mm. it was going to evolve. And how we were, and every time we were adding elements, but really it was like, at some point I really started to really think uh, more uh, in a more uh, serious way about it. So there's a lot of thinking anyway. So, you know, when I, when I do it, I, it just seems natural, but if I try to uh, theorize it, yeah, there's actually a lot of thinking. I spend a lot of my time thinking about what it should yeah. look like. And like I said, I, I'm still thinking of it, not, not the things we could have changed, but what we could add or, and, and, and I'm thinking about a sequel, but I know Antonio is not going to do it, but, but yeah, definitely it's, 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 uh, or if not a sequel, um, what is funny is when, when we, we were into the game, we, we said, okay, the next one is going to be totally different. Mm. Oh, um, but, okay. but now the more I think of it, the more it saddens I, if, me a little bit. Yeah, but if we ever were to do something new uh, and we got plenty of things possible, I would go for Piquest 2, I guess. Uh, mostly because, again, I really have a love for the characters. And, and for the, the whole... Albions we created, you know the, the the sphere, and and that's also because of the musics now. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, and what I wanted to add about the music is, in the beginning, I didn't know Aldo and uh, Gaetano's work, so that's why I I I I, I had the the uh, uh, yeah idea to send them, you know, IDs. <laughs> but oh, when yeah. I started, when I when I got the first songs back, I was like. I'd better shut up because these two guys know, <laughs> know way more than I do about music. <laughs> so, I know so. what you mean. I think, you know, and who, who thought about the ideas of creating for, oh, I always I can't say much because it's always in a bit of a spoiler, but there's some secret things that we've seen that you kind of, you go on one and you pop out on another. Who came out without the idea? Oh, level five. I think I did. The, no, level, the desert level. Yeah. Uh, level, oh, yeah. Is that level five? Oh, yeah, yeah, level uh, five. Yeah, that's level five. Yeah, yeah. Level, yeah. Was, was that you, Antonio? Or was that me? I don't remember. Ah, uh, well, you designed the portals, right? So must yeah, have been portals, your idea. Yeah. I mean, to to make. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. Let's say it was him. <laughs> it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you spend a, so a much funny, time. A, yeah, a funny anecdote about this. You know, the puzzle, the the multi-screen puzzles you have to go through, is uh, sometimes I design them like two or three months ahead and then when i when when antonio got to the to, <laughs> yeah. code, to code those screens he said what am i supposed to do here like, <laughs> i was looking for my notes and i couldn't find them i'm like i don't remember either <laughs> just make up something <laughs> then I had, I had to go through the whole process and then luckily uh, i think it was on level two with the the butcher uh yes the color hopes uh luckily i had one file on my hard drive that had like a a layer with the way we were supposed to discover things. And so, because oh, otherwise cool, yeah. I, I spent like half a day looking at the screen. I'm like, I don't even remember what's, what's going on. <laughs> I know it's a question of mixing the colors, you know, getting the colors right to go to, to the right portals and stuff. But, uh, but I didn't know which way we were supposed to go. So that was funny. So <laughs> Yeah. You can add something. I mean, funny you mentioned because the portals on the fifth level, uh, fifth level actually uh, one such one such example, right? Because I think you you, you did them, and then we say, well, what are we supposed to do with these portals, right? <laughs> and I were like, you know, let's you know, let's say that you go through all of them, 
to do something, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, yeah. And those portals, it was funny because when we when 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 Antonio encoded them, I was like, shouldn't they disappear once you go through one? Because it's a bit confusing. And it was yeah. like, no, let's let's keep let's it. Make that it difficult. Because confusing <laughs> like is good. Too easy. <laughs> it's too easy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, but that. you can yeah. also but use the real them. Pleasure, you can also use the them. The real pleasure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can reuse them. Yeah. And the real pleasure I have now is like watching videos or uh, streaming of people playing it. All right. And you know, yeah, getting frustrated or <laughs> coming up with the solution at some point, I was like, yes. So, and and that's really that's really what I like about mostly. Again, I'm more like a, someone who who likes to look at a game than play it actually. So, but I love to design design things. That that's for sure. Well, I have yeah, some yeah. Uh, videos to share with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no curses. No curses. It's good. It's good. It's good. You should see him playing yeah. last night. Um, I have another thing to say. Like. So I really experienced with, with this game what you said before, uh, which is um, after playing it and seeing it so long with uh, Rido as well, that the familiarity and how everything gels together. And I, I need to spend a word to say how good it. Like, I thought the enemies, all the little touches were like, I really love the little enemy, the little green and um, flying enemies with one eye. That's just fantastic. I love them. And then I love... All the little the bats, like they've got a pig face. You can tell with four pixels that they've got a pig face. And then there's the the knights, and they've got little pig armor thing with <laughs> with an extension for their nose. I think all these little touches just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I just love all that, and it was all cohesive. And I just that's why I really wish you made a sequel. Um, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't convince Antonio if you can't, but um, yeah, that would be really, really nice. Maybe on a modern platform with uh, even more high fidelity graphics would be uh, nice, like the Wonder Boy uh, Dragon Strap remake. That's that could work. The idea, the idea, the idea I have is is maybe the Switch, but with the color palette of the sixty four, but no restriction, you know. Like as many sprites as we like and as big as we want. Oh uh, no! If you do that, I, then Antonio's going to put twenty million enemies. Exactly. In. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm losing my headphones just by laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh well. I th I think we've uh, reached the end of of the questions. There is one last question that one of our listeners, but I think maybe Wido wants to ask the same one, so I'll let him go. <laughs> I, I just want to ask uh, Antonio and uh, yeah. All of you, actually. Uh, what's your advice for people uh, picking this game up for the first time? If they heard this episode, um, what do you advise uh, how to play this game? Um, Antonio. Well, <laughs> I'll go. Um, well, two things. First, uh, read the text. So there's this uh, scrolling text every now and then gives you hints. And, um, you know, at the beginning... Uh, uh, it's very straightforward. Like you know, maybe it tells you, "Hey, I should kill this enemy because before I can make progress." Right. So that's really easy, right? Then it becomes a bit more cryptic, but it's always there to help you uh, in a way. And um, well, the second thing is that uh, you know, not everything that moves must be killed. I mean, this you know, you have to focus a bit on the progress. And, uh, you know, you have to collect uh, uh, pieces of the statue and that's your goal, right? So um, you don't have to kill everything that moves. Uh, some enemies are better avoided than killed. Yeah, yeah, and, we found um, that, You know, yeah. the fact that, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, initially, I think the, 
the feedback that the game was too difficult because people would just spend time trying to kill everything, right? And um, of course, run out of ammunition and, uh, you know, maybe lose a lot of hit points in the process. Uh, but if you just um, spend some time trying to understand what must be killed and what, um, you know, just can be just avoided, uh, then I, I guess you make quick progress. So these are only the, the two hints that I want to give to new players. And then if you if you get that uh, element of the gameplay, you can really enjoy the game. Momo, anything to add? I think Antonio summarized it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, it's uh, yeah, and take uh, maybe don't 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 take the timer too much in account because I, I know that some people were like complaining about oh there's a timer and I don't like a game where there's a timer but you, I think once you get once you, you you take Antonio's advices and you get to know the game um, the timer doesn't really count anymore because you have plenty of time to finish the levels yeah. so it's it's a uh, Timer is very time is very generous, and you know you play yeah. you play Ghost and Goblins. People forgot that, but uh, you have like three minutes <laughs> for a level. <laughs> you get twenty five or something like that, and yeah. uh, it's not it's not much larger. So yeah, I mean it's uh, the time the timer is there uh, to prevent uh, farming in a way, so you can just go back and forth uh, to levels and get unlimited energy. These kind of tricks, right? So you you have to add that time uh, a time limit. Uh, but it's it's in no way something to fight against, right? Because you have plenty of time to really explore the map and um, you know find and everything you, get, you have. You get to plenty f- of time. You get plenty of time to get to the tower of the church and just enjoy the scene. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe and maybe find something really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We found it. We found that. That's really cool. That, that's, yeah, that was really amazing. That, that's idea. also something that I, I really liked. Is like. We can have like just a screen because it's there, and just you can just look at it, and there's nothing going on. And, yeah. and that's also something that we never have in the '64 game. It's it's so. But Antonio yeah. said, "Oh, an empty room. We need to put enemies in there." <laughs> <laughs> there are a few screens without enemies, like not ma- not many, but a few. Not many, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we do have a listener clip. So before we go on, let's listen to Picks and what he has to say about the game. Hi guys, uh, what did I make of Pig Quest? So, I saw a lot of hype before I played this. I kind of went in expecting the best C64 game I'd ever played, which is a fair bit to live up to. So, it's probably, it might well be the best looking I've ever played. So, there's all the unique screens, all the full on bitmap graphics, and everyone. I mean, it's, it is amazing what people can get out of these old machines these days. I mean, the size of the levels is huge which I appreciate, the sort of trial and error gameplay. I was always getting a little bit further every time I went through. So that's, that side of it works well. What I'm not enjoying quite as much was just the, just the gameplay mechanics around the enemies, I guess. It just takes so many hits to kill. And you'll get the power-ups, which would help, but then... They'd run out within like a few screens, and every time you go back to a screen, the enemies have respawned for the most part, or there's the bats that like respawn a second after you kill them. You kind of you kind of wonder why you bother shooting them in the first place. Some of these things respawn that fast. It's it's kind of, it's not difficult. It's just it's repetitious. It kind of I don't know. It got on the wrong side between winding me up and being challenging at times. But I'm guessing other people probably enjoy it more than I did. It wasn't really helped by the fact that I had to play the game in one go because my 
cartridge is so old that I couldn't save if I, if I switched my machine off. So I, I wish I'd known about that trainer that Widow was using. I, I always find out about these things too late. I think, overall, I, I still had a good time with Pig Quest. I think moral moral is buy, buy a Kung Fu Flash before you play it, I think. <laughs> there's, anyway, there's a ton of content here for the money. I mean, 10 euros is a bit of a bargain, I thought. I was ex- for a game that pushes the platform to this extent. So def- definitely still recommend it, but it didn't quite win me over as much as I think it might have done with you guys. I guess I'll find out when I hear the episode. Anyway, that's that's me done. So keep up with the good work with the podcast, and I'll look forward to trying whatever's you've got lined up next. Well, thank you, Peaks. I think I can understand where you're coming from. I myself hate respawns as much. <laughs> I think for me, I was just overwhelmed with all of it, and it, it's um, it just gelled somewhat for me. And especially everything went really well when Weedo started playing. <laughs> Peaks has another question as well. Uh, about um, Igor, he found. So Pix has finished the game and found Igor. Who, who is Igor? Yeah, Igor is just the game we were supposed to do after Pequest. So, so if you if you if you if you look it up on 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 Twitter, there are some like uh, test screens that I did and that I shared. So it's more like uh, the the next game was supposed to be all love for the the black and white uh, horror movies. So oh. it was going to be a Commodore 64 in grey tones only. Nice. And, uh, with uh, where you're supposed to play the uh, the Doctor Frankenstein's assistant. Oh. And and you face all the the, the classical creatures like uh, the Invisible Man, uh, the werewolf, uh, vampire, so all, all these things. I've, nice. I've almost done all the graphics for that one. <laughs> Mostly. Oh, <laughs> Get to work. No, Get no, to he work. retires. So, so. Coming out of retirement just without the two teasing me. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I, may, I may be sharing some of that at some point uh, because there, there's like, especially the werewolf when he runs, is like really funny. It's great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. Prob- that's probably the best pride I, I ever did. I mean, uh, it's it's better than anything you can find in Pequest, really. Well, when I when I did it, I was like, "This is like on a sixty-four, and you can do that." So it's funny. So it's like real animation. It's and it's not that big actually. It's like what four sprites or something. There's so many good sprites in that game that I, no, I cannot even start. You. Hopefully, there's a listener who wants to uh, to make that game for you. Well, you know, I've been spoiled with Antonio, and uh, <laughs> I, I've had some people offering their skills, and I'm like, no. Italians do it better. Italians do it no, better. Because, because again, I think lightning doesn't strike twice, mm. and you know, uh, it's this it's, is a love letter to Antonio. It's a love letter to Antonio, really. No, it's 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 a love letter to the PG18 team. It's yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. because at some point I, I never shared that with the others, but uh, I was like, maybe we can make the PG18 team a bit bigger and design more games with other people, and but that was just a thought that I had for like. 30 seconds like, no it's the four of us and that's it <laughs> and one so, game so, i mean as far as i'm concerned i'm not the boss we're like there's no boss in the group actually but uh but for me it's like yeah these three guys and me and and and, uh, and i'd be happy <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if antonio, if antonio stops i'm, I'm stopping as well so it's, it's, uh, Oh. And I'll have more time for comics, comic books. And oh, there yeah. may be a big quest comic book. Oh, I want to see so that. So there may uh, be a sequel in comic book format. That, would be, that, that uh, wouldn't be bad. That'd be, that would be great. 
So. Yeah, yeah. It does sadden me a little bit that you're kind of retiring and this is all not now not going to work because the formula was so good. But I can only hope that maybe in the future there is, you know, maybe you're bored of retirement and in the Maldives where you're going to go. But then and say, oh, maybe I should make another <laughs> Commodore 64 game with Morissette and Aldo and, and Gaetan. Maybe in yes. 20 years we may do a Switch game, so it's retro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm already starting to forget, you know, uh, as I said, when Aldo and Gaetano passed me the music, I just I forgot everything they told me, right? So can you imagine in 20 years what the situation oh would be? Oh, my God. <laughs> I just uh, be forgetting that, that, everything. That's actually something funny with Antonio. You know, I send him sprites, and then a couple of days later he says... Can you send me those sprites? No, I Antonio, I send them to you. So that, that's really the story between Antonio and me. I don't know how many times you said, did you send those to me? Yeah, yes, I did. So in reality, the game would have taken probably one year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, maybe, but no, no. It's it's. Uh, there was There were times when I was like really working full time on it. And my wife was like, when are you going to bring food to the table <laughs> and i'm like shut up i'm pixeling right now <laughs> and, I, and i run late on and i run late on my book and everything and, and uh and uh but uh it's it's you know my real love is comic books but when i do pixel things it's like a zen thing it's a really strange thing i can uh, 10 hours can go by and i'm not even tired or anything i'm just like it's like i've, I've I, yeah in the zone I just blend in the thing and I'm just doing pixels. It's, it's, uh, uh, if, if we, if we could make money out of that, I mean, real money, I would probably not quit my real job, but probably take a year off or something and, and, and just do pixeling for a year because it's, it's, I don't know. It's always been there. And, uh, and like I said, it, it was mostly on the Amiga when I, when I, when I, uh, when I did like real things, the only thing I did before on the 64 were like the, the intro graphics for the Lemmings game. That's what I did. And it was ah, mostly converting cool. what was existing from uh, so, so yeah, and these, these guys didn't mention me in the game, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. so so what you're saying So lots lots so what lots of bad experiences. So what so what you're saying you don't have to do this for uh, to get rich. If if I didn't have to work to 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 pay the bills, I I would probably only do. I would still draw because it's. But I mean, I I love doing pixels. Yeah, it's 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 uh, so much actually that I'm I like I said I, I started playing again just mostly to see what is going on uh, with the games these days and and uh, but I'm not that interested in 3D or anything. It's it's uh, my love is in 2D. It's like uh, it's it's. Uh, and, and, and especially if we can still see the pixel, if it's not like a, a too high a resolution or something. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, my, that's my kick. So for, for the listeners, uh, they can find you on Twitter. Is that correct? Antonio and yep. Morissette. Yep. Aldo Gaetano. I don't know if you're on Twitter. I think you, one of you is, but the other one isn't. I don't, not uh, too sure. Maybe I've got on that Facebook. wrong. Uh, that's the one we use more, yes. Facebook. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, well, thanks a lot for being part of the show, and uh, I hope to, to see some more of your uh, work, uh, hopefully, if uh, Antonio reconsiders for now. <laughs> you <laughs> feel the pressure now. <laughs> okay. No there's, no, there's no pressure, Antonio. I, mean, I, I totally respect your decision. And it's, and it's, like I said, it's maybe it's a good thing as well. So. <laughs>
Well, um, fingers crossed is all I can say. <laughs> I hope maybe okay. you sell a thousand copies and then that makes you reconsider. That would be awesome if you do a sequel. Before we leave, a shout out to Rich Asylum who have currently reached, I think, over 300 episodes, which is an incredible milestone. So well done, guys. It takes a lot of commitment to do such a, to reach such a number. Well done. Uh, shout out goes to Calm Like a Bobomb as well for his continuous presence on the channel and help. Uh, shout out again to Bonner79 for his continuous help and patience with me and helping me out daily, basically. So thank you very much. I also want to thank all the listeners for tuning in regularly in our show. And, you know, it's very much appreciated. We never thank you enough. But thank you very much. Thank you for sending the clips. Uh, I know Pix hates sending clips in, but he did it anyway. <laughs> so thank you very much, Pix, for that. Guys, thank you all very much for taking time to be here. It's been an absolute pleasure, a blast. You're, you guys are just so nice that I would love to just have regular podcasts <laughs> with you. <laughs> game at newgameoldflame.com is where you can reach us or join us on the Discord server. See you all very soon and good night. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Good night. Thanks a lot. Good night. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye.